It's Anissa. I'm back again with Something to Finish podcast. This is episode 10 and part 2 of Escaping Cycleships. Before we get into today's episode, if you haven't already, please go and give this podcast a 5-star rating and write a review and let me know what you love about this podcast and let everyone else know so that they can listen too. So moving right along, we are going to start with today's exercise and it is simple. Once again, this week we are going to keep it simple and I just want you to do something that makes you happy today. Just do something that makes you happy. It could be something as simple as watching your favorite movie. Just something to help you laugh, something to help you remember what you do things for, something to help you get back to you, something to help you feel like yourself, and something to help you keep going for the rest of the week. It's so necessary to stop and just enjoy ourselves sometimes, to stop and look up at the sky, stop and look around, stop and be grateful. So just stop for a second and do something that you actually love. It doesn't have to be anything crazy, expensive, or wild, or extravagant. It could be just laying in your bed taking a nap. If that's what makes you happy, do that. Take you a nap. But please prioritize doing something that makes you happy today. Because if we don't choose to do those things, at least every once in a while, if not every day, then we can easily lose ourselves. And that's no fun. So to get back into the topic of today, we are going to be expanding on last week's episode. Last week's episode was about escaping cycleships and basically just getting out of familiar negative cycles that you might find yourself in and ways to identify how you even got into those situations or how you keep continuously getting into those cycles and situations. And just like anything else, there are so many mixed definitions and mixed meanings of trauma bonds which is a term that I used in last week's episode. And I've noticed just by doing my research for my episodes and the topic at hand that a lot of people have kind of two definitions of trauma bonds. And I think where the confusion is, is that in one scenario, it is a platonic relationship, like just a friendship. And in the other scenario it is a romantic relationship I've seen a lot of like TikToks and videos and things like that where people are saying that if two people who are friends have a trauma bond it's not necessarily a trauma bond but I just I really disagree because I believe it's so possible to have a trauma bond 
with anyone, a friend or a romantic partner, because I believe that the basis behind it and the main thing behind it is not what type of relationship is, but how is this relationship being cared for and how is it being carried out? You know, I think that's the most important part of defining a trauma bond. You could be dealing with a trauma bond in a form of like dealing with a narcissist. So you're dealing with a lot of love bombing and oh my gosh, you're just amazing and you're awesome. And, you know, they're making you feel like you're the only person in the world and everything's just, you know, you feel so valued, so smart. And then it's just like they detach and pull away from you and then you're left feeling either like guilty or did I do something wrong or what did I do or you know just kind of questioning and for no reason because you didn't do anything it's just a part of the love bombing and then the next step of it is the pull away and then you know that's when you're caught in the cycle the toxic cycle And this is something that can occur in a friendship as well, but it just looks a little different. So it isn't identified as a trauma bond usually when if this was true, if friendships were seen at the same importance and capacity as relationships in that sense of how we treat each other emotionally, behaviorally and socially, I feel like people will be a little bit more aware of when they are creating toxic trauma bonds with so-called friends or, you know, with acquaintances. And they think that they are having a great friendship and building a friendship based off of great things. But it might be, a you know, a negative mutual um, commonality or, you know, it could be the exact same kind of scenario that I just described before as if someone is dealing with a narcissist in a romantic relationship but you're dealing with a narcissist friend or you know who you believe is your friend and you know they may have in the beginning made you feel as though oh wow you're awesome friend I'm so glad that I found you this connection means so much to me and then they may start to abruptly change the way that they interact with you or maybe kind of push you away or make you feel as though you need to question yourselves or if you did anything wrong. It's the same scenario, just a different type of relationship. And unfortunately, I think that it can kind of be a, like I said before, a competition as to whose trauma is worse, who's, who, was, who was being treated worse. And, you know, when it comes to labels, unfortunately, things like that tend to happen. So, I think it's safe to say, in my opinion, that trauma bonds definitely can be held between two friends or assumed friends and two people in a romantic relationship or partnership. With that being said, I wanted to dive a little deeper and make this episode a part two of last week because I just felt like I didn't really touch on the point that I was trying to make. You know what I mean? Basically, what I want to make sure that I get over to you all is that we are all and we have all been raised and taught and shown and exposed to different things in different ways by different people 
who also experience different things and who also believe different things. So it can be really hard sometimes, especially in a new relationship and even in, you know, seasoned relationships, depending on the two people, it can be really hard for seamless communication to happen if both parties are not choosing each other at the same time and choosing their relationship at the same time and you know when I say choosing I mean like I said last week choosing to do the work choosing to show up in the relationship in the you know in the fullest capacity and at the same capacity or even more as your partner as I've said before the words that we choose to use our tone and our body language our mood at the time when we're communicating or trying to communicate all these things matter however what a lot of people also don't realize matters is the way that people the way that everybody is brought up the way that everybody is raised in society everybody's perspective and perception is totally different even if you come from the same background you could have perceived how you were raised completely different than how your siblings perceived how you guys were raised or even your parents could be perceiving how they raised you in a totally different way than what you witnessed them raising you as every individual is uniquely wired you know what I mean so even if you think you are communicating 100% I'm gonna I'll use myself as an example. I find that I believe (laughs) I am a great communicator. However, just because I feel as though I am communicating effectively does not mean that the person that I'm trying to communicate with can comprehend my version of communication. This is something that a lot of people do not allow themselves. They don't even allow the thought to cross their mind that, okay, yes, I'm making sense, but maybe it's just not making sense to them in the way that I know how to communicate. And this is why it's important, I believe, to actually have conversations actually be willing and be open to sit down and ask those questions of your partner and maybe even ask those questions of yourself like is the way that I'm communicating effective for me is the way that I'm communicating effective for my partner like if they are if I'm communicating this way and they're not comprehending it I should probably ask them what's the best way for me to communicate with you or even if they don't know the answer to that, maybe, you know, by both of you being vulnerable and by both of you being willing, you can, you know, dive into that conversation and figure out, well, maybe I don't have a clear communication style and maybe that's why it's so hard for me to communicate. Or maybe I wasn't communicated with in depth you know, at all about my feelings or anything like that as a child. So it's very off-putting when you try to communicate with me like that in depth. And so when they're able to communicate that, 
then it can be like an eye-opening moment for you or for you know vice versa if it's turned around and you're the one who is having problems with um, comprehending your partner's communication or communicating yourself it just hasn't been talked about or it hasn't been discussed that the way that we're communicating with each other and the style in which we're communicating doesn't add up it doesn't match up it's not the, the pieces aren't fitting because I'm not used to this you're not used to this or maybe your approach is kind of making me feel like I need to shut down or it's just so many different possibilities and so basically I think that the best way that I could come up with a strategy or a healthy way to think about relationships, especially when you find yourself in situations where you're feeling like, why do I keep ending up in situations like this? Or, oh my oh my gosh, like, why do I keep picking these type of people? Or why do these people, these type of people keep gravitating towards me? Like, why do they want me? What do you want from me? You know, I think that first... It's important to look within, you know, and look at yourself. I feel like it's always important to assume self first. Like, okay, I mean, not don't blame self. That's why I say assume. Assume that you are, you're maybe missing something that you might need to work on. Don't beat yourself up. <laughs> Just assume that you could have some improvement to do as well because we all do. We, and we all should be aiming to continuously grow. No matter what level in life you're at, you know, hmm, maybe I do communicate in a little aggressive style or maybe I'm just used to communicating in a certain way and I haven't encountered someone who doesn't know how to communicate like this. So I need to be willing to be a little bit more flexible in the style that I'm using when it comes to trying to communicate how I'm feeling or what I need or what I want to tell them. And then number two is realize that relationships have essentially three parts. And it would be the first part, which we all know is like, oh my gosh, we're so in love. Like we just met. I just want to be around you all the time. And you're amazing. You know, it's very lovey-dovey. It's very... This moment, I wish it could last for life. You know, it's a part of the relationship that a lot of us wish that we could get back to. A lot of us wish that we could stay in forever. And it's part of the reason why a lot of things aren't discussed or a lot of things are just assumed or, you know, we just kind of go with the flow and just, oh, we'll see where it goes or we don't want to press any buttons or mess anything up or, you know, this is going so great. I don't want it to end by, you know, messing up and saying something or questioning something. So that's the first part. Now, the second part will be like, I guess you would call it like a dissection of the connection. So it's like where a lot of bad habits come out or opposing points of views or you're noticing your partner's quirks and you know, little geeky stuff that they do a little bit more. And you're having disagreements. It may not be like full-fledged fights and arguments and things, but you are having disagreements, you know, and that's healthy. And 
you could be feeling like, wow, like me and my partner, we're arguing, we're disagreeing a lot. Like this is, are we supposed to be together? Like, is this okay? Is this healthy? Oh my goodness. Like what's wrong with me? What's wrong with them? And to that, I would say, don't fret. And I feel like that's where part three of relationships come in because all of that is normal. I think that disagreeance sometimes is normal I think that everybody you know has disagreements and if people are telling you that they don't ever have disagreements in their partnerships or their relationships and they're trying to get you to think that they are just perfect and everything's wonderful and it's all grand this is a lie okay you cannot or it could be true and they could be holding resentments within and eventually that honeymoon phase or that facade of happiness and the resentment and the holding of words and opinions and um, um, the lack of conversations that are being had will start to show. It just really annoys me when people try to convince other people or other couples that their relationship is 100% perfect. Me and Adrian will be the first to tell you we are not perfect. No, like we're not going to be out here talking about like, oh my gosh, like we never get into arguments. Like, you know, we never fight. We never have disagreements. Like the word disagreement has such a negative correlation with it. Just because two people have a disagreement doesn't mean that you know, they are horrible for each other or they are having a horrible relationship or, you know, you don't even have to, disagreements happen between everybody in the world. Like disagreements are not just withheld for persons in relationships only and, you know, persons in bad relationships at that. Like, no, disagreements happen and they are healthy. Disagreements happen within the workplace. Disagreements happen within business and entrepreneurship. Disagreements happen within families, between siblings, between so many people and so many things in this world that it is remiss, it is silly for you to say or to create the false belief that to others or try to convince yourself that disagreements do not ever happen. Basically, just realize that If anybody is out here telling you that they've never had any problems in their partnership, then they're either telling you a blatant, bold-faced lie, or their relationship is not fostered off of actually having open communication, and they may be holding a lot of resentment within themselves and with each other, and or not having conversations that need to be had, and just kind of brushing things off, or... Um, supplementing things in place of actually dealing with things so that brings us to number three which is repair so we have connection which is the first part of the relationship we have the dissection of the connection which is the second part and then we have the last and the third part which is the repair so the repair part to me is the most important part and the part that most people do not get to and just using the example that I was just speaking on I feel like a lot of people don't get to experience the repair part of a relationship 
because they are either operating in ego or they could be ashamed or not able to acknowledge the part that they play in the relationship not being, you know, at its best status, which is something that needs to be happening. Both partners need to fully accept acknowledgement and the role that they play in where the relationship is. Because in a relationship, both parties play a role in where the relationship is. There's no way that one person in a relationship got the relationship to where it is. So that's that on that. Operating in ego or not being able to acknowledge self as playing a part in the situation, I think that those two things don't really allow you to move into the space to be able to welcome the repair of your relationship into the situation as a solution because those types of behaviors and you know operating in those type of energies it just puts you in the mindset of oh no I couldn't possibly have anything to do with this or I'm not going to sit here and do this work because I know I'm right and I know I didn't do this so you have something that you need to work on when I think that even if you think your partner is the one who is all at fault I think it will help for you to approach the situation in a sense of okay so how do we fix this and how do we get back on track if that's what both of you are aiming to do and that's what both of you desire to do for the relationship is to work together at that point and to you know foster the relationship so that it can become more positive or so that it can head towards a direction that you want it to go in it can get so easy to operate in the sense of okay like I know this is how I do things and so you know if this person loves me then they're just going to have to be okay with me doing things this way or they're just going they would they would just know, you know, this is my partner and they should know that this is how I communicate or this is how I do things. So, you know, and this is just how I am. So, you know, first off that's not healthy. <laughs> and second off, even though it's hard, it's so worth it to step outside of your comfort zone in order to gain a different perspective, especially to gain the perspective of someone that you care and love for because that's why you're doing it, right? Because you care for them, you love them, and you really genuinely want to hear and understand where they're coming from, with their point of view, with their perspective, and where they're coming from with their frustration with that they are communicating to you or that they might not even have the capacity to communicate with you so the vibe is off or you have noticed that there is a void or a separation within your relationship and you've noticed that they are feeling this way and, and maneuvering this way and the relationship is starting to become so odd and so distant however they haven't spoken up or said anything to you so I feel like that's a good time to be like okay are they choosing not to communicate with me or do they just not know how to communicate to me have they tried in the past to communicate with me and I just wasn't receiving it or I wasn't you know hearing them out or I wasn't even acknowledging and realizing that they were trying to communicate something important to me it's so important to be able to allow yourself to be in a mind frame to be like, okay, 
maybe maybe they just don't know how to talk to me I'm just or maybe they might already feel like they know your answer I know that I can be that type of person like I can assume someone's answer based off of how I'm feeling so basically it's like projecting you know it's like oh somebody's like you don't have to yada 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 and you're like well I wasn't trying to and it's like well that's not what I was trying to say you know I can totally do that sometimes and it's just you know projection it is the projection of fear it is just it is the projection of anxiety anger um the projection of rejection the projection of you know the fear of rejection it's like a defense mechanism it's like a I'm gonna go ahead and like state what I think you're thinking about me before you can state it about me and it's like why are you doing that to yourself when you could just listen comprehend and then reply or be heard or be understood or end up understanding that person and hearing them out and enhancing your relationship or enhancing your understanding of the relationship and then both of you can decide to do you know what you decide to do but the main idea is allowing yourself to get past the point of the dissection of the relationship because somewhere in between all the bad habits and pet peeves and disagreements and you know things that you started to realize or notice about your partner that were masked and you know smothered by love and affection and you know fresh new love (laughs) it is just human but still you chose to gravitate towards each other and you still chose to love each other and choose each other so why not work through those quirks why not discuss those bad habits why not choose to compromise or come to an agreed solution or agree to disagree (laughs) you know what I mean this episode I'm glad I chose to do a second part because I feel like I was able to get the rest of what I needed to say out and that's what this podcast is about if I have to make episodes into two parts sometimes don't be mad at me be mad at my mama because no but just understand that when I dive into a topic I need you all to hear all parts of my thoughts (laughs) because I promise it all comes together okay all of these ideas and tidbits of information if it hasn't started to click and become comprehensible and understandable yet please just wait on it and just wait on it to all connect because it definitely does at some point if it hasn't for you yet but I think that this um two-part series was a really great one personally for me I really do value communication and I'm working on it every day it is a struggle okay us humans we aren't perfect in human interaction and just maintaining relationships and fostering relationships watering relationships so they grow beautifully it is a task and it is a gift 
And it's something to nurture. If you have beautiful relationships in your life, it's definitely worth working on your communication skills and your connecting skills for because now we we all need each other (laughs) because this world is crazy and you know to have that emotional support and to have just that physical support of being able to be around people who you feel comfortable with who you feel heard by who you feel understood by and respected by it is important and it is necessary so I am doing my very best and I'm improving every day in my communication and in my understanding of myself and the others around me. So I just aim to help all of my listeners do the same thing. And we're just going to continue to ascend to the highest version of ourselves. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 10 of Something to Finish podcast. I love you guys so much and peace. You don't see what we see, you don't